Butts. Butts. Yep. Yep, you are back. We are recording on Easter. Uh, gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode, probably. Um, happy Easter for anyone who cares. Um, happy, uh, Passover? I don't know. Um, no, Passover was like a week ago, I think. Cool. If I um, remember right, it's like Passover and then a week later, well, almost a week, then there's the Good Friday when they killed the guy, and then the Sunday when he came back. Oh, Jesus, who'd they kill? Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Also, since I watched Life of Brian last month, I didn't bother this year. But. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm slightly medicated right now, mm. so I'm get, It might be kind of weird. Yep, you're on the drugs. Yeah, not not strong like muscle relax. Like they they don't mm. like mess with your head. They just make you very drowsy. Yeah, yeah, it's like cold medicine. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I guess to start off. Um, I, I mean, I only go on Twitter these days to post new episode links, and if anybody who follows the show sees me liking their post, because, you know, the only people who really listen to the show are friends of ours anyway, um, that's because I happen to see them when I log in to post the episode. Uh, but if you are on Twitter and saw a mysterious announcement from Sean former you know co-host of funk dunk which was the predecessor to the show um yeah he's planning to bring back uh funk dunk plays season two to try to finish out that story even though it's been like four years so i mean i know for me it's <laughs> yeah, like it's very weird bringing that version of elisa back because since that happened, I've ported Elisa into multiple other campaigns. Um, like the the like, I guess like the main one was I just took the same backstory of the character and put her into a campaign that a friend was doing, and that's kind of become in my head like the essential, like the main version, you know the universe 616 version of elisa is this one um <laughs> that so you're you're playing ultimate eliza in other uh versions. yeah no elisa edelblut may have been the first version but she feels yeah more like the ultimate version or the I, I, some else world's tale version um and the Wait, where's where's the funk dunk zombies version uh, that one is probably Darth Niseska from the Star Wars, you know, one-shot thing <laughs> that I did uh, a while ago, and it's also a weird thing because, yeah, because Elisa Edelblut, the original one, never got past being a pureblood, even though I dug out my character sheet and realized we were level 13 when we ended, which is nuts, because that's, you know, pretty powerful, but she was still just stuck as a pureblood the whole time. Um, and Darth Niseska is, um, also was based on that version, so she's, you know, also still, you know, human, like, bald human with legs, but, 
uh, Alessa Niseska, the like reboot version that's now the Prime version, is um, you know she pretty quickly as that campaign went on, you know got her snake face when she became a Malison, and then got her snake tail when she became an Abomination. So now I'm, I just think of her as being that version. Um, so yeah, so I've had to kind of think about you know what the original Elisa would do. Um, uh, just a second, I got a text I got to respond to. Um, okay, let's see what what song should I sing to fill time? Um, what's Easter? What's an Easter song? Uh, yeah, I don't know what there are for Easter songs. Um. Here comes Peter Cotton <laughs> Hopping down the bunny trail <laughs> mm. I'm sorry uh, Yeah, no, it's just I gotta te- The, the uh, card shop that I usually go to That I was you know going to be going to after this call um, Apparently they decided they're closed for Easter after all After last week when I asked them And they said they wouldn't be um, So oh, I just got wow. a text about that But the people I was planning to meet, we usually go there, play a couple games, and then go down the street to a bar to keep playing and also get food and drinks. So I'm cool. waiting to hear if we're just going to go there instead, uh, which would be fine. Um, but uh, whatever. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, like, I have some ideas of what, you know, original Elisa will do when we get back into it but I also there's so much I didn't realize we'd done like 30 episodes I think like Sean posted a link to one of them it was like episode 32 of season 2 and I didn't realize we'd done that many episodes <laughs> of that season like yeah I I don't rem- like I, I listened to it when it came out I don't remember anything really yeah <laughs> like it's like I, I remember surprisingly little I remember bits and pieces from like cool moments that happened but I don't remember in sequence all the things that happened um yeah like I know and you were part yeah, of we, yeah we went to like a demon dimension and some stuff happened and I think a god owes me a favor now and I need to double check on that cause that's you know a pretty important thing to factor in and like I know you had to li- listen the, to that 70 hours of lore before you get yeah, into like, it again yeah like it had it, you know Kerstin's character had um, like a death note that I think I borrowed and wrote all of our enemies' names in, but I never found out if they died from that or not. And I, if we still have that book, I don't remember. We might have got she might have given it away, but if we still have it, um, you know, th- there's also some potentially use for that. Uh, if you use it again, make sure you specify how they die, because that's a rule in the death note. So you could have mm. them die in really embarrassing ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, because in this... If I remember right, in this one, it was... I mean, I thought of it as a death note, but it was, like, the Grim Reaper's notebook, and any time a person died, their name appeared in it. So I tried to do it in reverse, and just took the intel we had of all the names of the Butts family, and wrote every <laughs> single one of them in there. So that, hoping they would all just drop dead, and I think... Shortly oh, after people. their manor got burned down, so maybe they all died that way. Um, did Did you just admit to committing genocide on my people? Uh, it's not genocide if you're not a race. <laughs> it's Butch whatever the race. word is for murdering a family. Uh, well, if it's 
your family, I guess it's uh, fratricide. Or yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like I know patricide is killing your father, and matricide's killing your mother. And I guess yeah, fratricide would be killing siblings, maybe other relatives too. Yeah, but I mean it's not your family, so it's just murder. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, you know, Elisa's uh, evil-aligned character, although it also feels weird in that way that, like, you know, original Elisa was evil-aligned. Elisa Nesuska started off evil-aligned, but after she got everything she wanted, she kind of mellowed out, and she's more neutral now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I, I figure... If I ever need to reference the other versions, probably this Elisa just has dreams about things that might have happened in other lives, and she's kind of even more depressed now because uh, there was another version of her that, you know, got the body she wanted and got the recognition she wanted and was happy, and and she's just stuck here being this version. And then for some reason, she sees it like a, a walking ear of corn. Mm. She's like, wait, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, and she sees another future where things could be worse. Where uh, when I tried, like the, the Elisa and the Seska was the reboot that I did in one person's campaign. <clears throat> I tried to do like a you know time skip sequel continuation of that character in another person's campaign, but uh, their campaign was a little too hardcore, so. It just got kind of depressing. Because, like, in that one, I decided, like, some time has passed, and Elisa started a religion to herself, and now there's Marini, which I think I've talked about her, the character in the past. This character who is, like, the nicest possible person who does, like, charity work, but she comes from a religion that worships the ideals that Elisa established about Yuan-Ti superiority and, um you know, using their power to lead others in a, to a better world or whatever. So, like, a weirdly nice person who came out of this, you know, very evil, selfish person's religion. Um, but then it turned out that Elisa, because I realized Marini just wasn't working out as a character in that campaign, and I wanted to bring Elisa back, I decided that Elisa did not become a god. Instead, she died and was living inside the ring that Marini was carrying around, and they could, like, body swap occasionally nice um but yeah it, it just it wasn't working out so i've disavowed that campaign as part of elisa's story i went back you know when i did my own campaign went back to the version that i had um done and liked and then just time skipped 20 years and decided okay well she was like uh, level 13 or 14 when that campaign ended so she's like level 24 now and ruling the world because mm -hmm. that's the track she was on okay uh, i'm not super familiar with D&D, &D, but i think once you get to the 20s you're like near godlike <laughs> uh, yeah supposedly i mean you're still if you look at like the raw numbers of what you can do as a level 20 player character and compare that to some of the enemies you fight like your hps are similar to some of the stronger enemies but like level 20 it i guess for people who play a lot of D, &D it feels godlike but um it, it's you can still kill someone at level 20 um yeah 
And once you get over level 20, all you really get in 5th edition is, uh, there's, like, some bonus abilities you can get, and, um, and then, you know, you get, like, your HP gain, but you don't really get more spell slots or anything, because they don't intend for you to go past level 20. Okay. So, there's just, there's nothing special, but you still get all the pretty points. Yeah. I mean, I probably should have just multiclassed her into wizard, because that's essentially what happened when I, I ended up doing a full story arc of Elisa losing her magic and getting it back. Um, which was supposed to be that she was going to get a different patron, because Snek is nothing, like, intentionally. Snek, Snek was intended to be, like, Krom from Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I as, remembered that. Yeah, like, a god who, you know, doesn't... Um, doesn't really care. He just represents an ideal, and yeah. as long as Elisa lives up to that ideal, that's all he cares about. And yeah. even then, he doesn't care about that. But he's you know willing to share power with someone who embodies his ideal. Um, so yeah, so I decided he he's just he because he effectively has no worshippers. He's a complete pushover as a god, and he basically got scared to death by uh, Kalamox, who. You know, I've brought back from my old uh, dice funk fix to be the like god of the dream world. Um, kind of freaked out on Snack, and Snack died. So I was going to have the world goddess Karishma become Elisa's new patron, but then that like that idea was it was going to require the players to get Elisa to change her attitude on things and. Elisa's so stubborn, and there's my players just don't really persuade people to do things. So that wasn't happening. So I decided instead that Elisa would get her magic back by training with the wizard on the team to learn how to cast spells not as a warlock, but instead of just completely rewriting the character sheet as a wizard, which sounded like a lot of work, um, I decided to just bend the rules and say, well, I mean magic in the D&D world is kind of like the force, that it's just an energy field that's all around you, that it's called the weave, and that you know people just pull strings from it and spin it together and create magic. So, in that sense, why do warlocks need a pact with another entity to do magic? Like, it's just, it's a thing that's there. If you know how to use it, you know how to use it. So... I figured Elisa, with all of her years of learning how to control magic as a warlock, realized you don't really need a patron to keep doing that. You can just keep doing that the same way you've always been. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, so yeah. So that version of Elisa, you know, went through some arcs and some changes, and you know, partly mellowed out because she got everything she wanted, and also, um, you know, just became more willing to let other people do things. She didn't have to control everything. Um, which is also because she was an NPC and it wasn't, you know, me acting through the character to play out my personal power fantasies. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want your uh, OC, like, taking over someone else's campaign. Yeah. And yeah, or even even my own. Like, it is it is my own campaign, but I felt like yeah, my options were, 
Make a Lysa the Archvillain and have an unsatisfying finale where they defeat her and now she's gone. Or strip her powers away and have the players, you know, kind of travel with her to get the powers back. Because, like, I feel bad, like, I know to have effect, like, I guess it depends on who your players are. Whether, you know, how they would react to you inflicting things on their characters. I know I, as a player, don't generally enjoy that when, you know, the DM is, you know, like, I'm going to take your stuff away, what are you going to do about it? Well, uh, whatever you let me do, I guess, because you're the DM and you're the one with all the power. So, like, I'm I'm always really conscious of that, like, not abusing my power as a DM. So, if I'm gonna do, you know, some like motivating thing like that, I will try to do it to an NPC instead, and and you know, hopefully the players are motivated to help that NPC that I have decided to hurt with this story event but yeah so yeah so we'll see how that goes i think sean said it'll be at least a month until he's ready to start on new episodes um kirstein is uh, not back she's you know still sending out but um i don't know if i i guess i it wasn't i wasn't told that i'm not allowed to say that um our listener sarah hanley um is planning to be the other character oh, cool uh, a new character i guess so yep. yeah i i never remember who's who's like stuck around uh from mm. like the early days yeah well, i mean sarah's oh. mainly been on twitter i i don't know that she's on the uh the discord yeah i know some people just didn't make the jump for whatever reason yeah, I mean, I know some people did and didn't like it and left, and yeah. um, which is understandable. But you know, I, I I keep like at least half, if not more than half, of the channels on the Discord muted just so I don't get like spam with messages that I don't care about. Yeah, I, I dice funk conversations. I've got a lot of them muted. Um, I think I have all the dice funk it, except like the the discussions of like the earlier seasons which i'm half interested in but never participate in Mm. (laughs) yeah i think the only dice funk one i have unmuted now is the one shots i used to have the one shots and the main one because i got like tagged in it at one point but then the main one tends to be about the most recent stuff uh even though there's a separate channel for the season um and since season eight i've completely lost interest in following uh the mainline dice one yeah i listened to season season seven after it finished uh, i still need to listen to eight mm. um i just have not had any time <laughs> at all basically yeah so i haven't even started yeah um but anyway, yeah, so I was going to transition from because uh, speaking of Sean, he also hooked me up with um, HBO Max again. Like, I had oh. it, but it felt you know overpriced for the amount of time I'm going to spend watching it. Like, there's lots of good stuff yeah. on there, but I just, you know, I look up the price tag, and then I look at what else I'm doing for hobbies, and I feel bad that I'm paying this much for a thing yep. that I don't always watch. But $15 for a pretty average streaming service is not great 
Yeah, I mean, the UI is shit, but the content yeah. is really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I want, you know, caught up on a few of the newer things. Because I was planning to get back into it when, like, Harley Quinn Season 3 came out. But even then, I'd, you know, wait for the whole season so I could watch it all at once. Right, um, like, what, what, whenever I subscribe to HBO Max, it's usually for exactly one thing. Yeah. And then I unsubscribe right after and, like, search for anything else I might want to watch in that one month. Yeah, yeah, no, but the, uh, let's see, so I watched Our Flag Means Death, which is a, um, comedy, uh, from Taika Waititi, uh, about, um, Steed Bonnet, who is a self-described gentleman pirate, um, he's a historical character, he, you know, he was a guy who, you know, as a pirate was not really that intimidating, like, in... Uh, Assassin's Creed 4, he's a side character who's basically just a joke. That he's like your sidekick, and you know, he fancies himself a pirate, but also he just like a fancy gentleman who, you know, wants to, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's a, just inherently silly character, so he's the star of this pirate comedy show. Um, nice. And Taika Waititi joins as um, Blackbeard. Korg. No. Oh. No, he's Blackbeard. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Blackbeard, oh, that, and th- there is like a bromance that starts to turn into a romance between them. Uh, before spoilers, it doesn't end well with season one. It seems like this. I mean, narratively, it feels like a cliffhanger for a season two, but um, apparently, everything that happens in the season, even though like there's a lot of you know modern humor to it. Um, the broad strokes of the events fit into history like the historically bonnet and blackbeard traveled together for a time before blackbeard stole bonnet's ship and abandoned him um and that is roughly the arc of this uh season although they you know put the romance plot in there too to you know kind of deepen the motivation for behind why uh the split happened Um, That's a cool idea. And so, narratively, it feels like there should be a season two, but historically, Bonnet and Blackbeard never met up again after that breakup. So, and it sounds like, you know, they haven't confirmed a season two yet, so who knows. Um, It was a fun show, just the ending is sad. So, that's disappointing. Um, And then I watched Peacemaker. Because like that one, I I figured it'd be good because it was James Gunn. But after you know watching James Gunn's Suicide Squad, like I didn't care to see more of Peacemaker. He's just a douchebag in that. So, um, but yeah, I mean the show is fun. But um, now you get to find out why he's a douchebag. Yeah, because his dad is like a neo-Nazi who dresses in a dragon. He's he's called the White Dragon, and he wears like a Power Ranger dragon suit that can fly around and shoot lasers and stuff. Does he have a flute that summons a big robot? No. Well, no, he's just a racist. He's not even a cool racist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he's like a secondary villain to the whole thing because the main plot is that there's these bugs that crawl into people's heads and take control of their bodies and they're aliens and they're 
trying to take over the planet, but then it turns out, spoilers, uh, I mean, I guess I, I should probably just leave every episode of Shaq Funk saying spoilers for everything we're going to talk about. Um, spoilers, the, the bugs, turns out they are trying to save him, like, save the Earth from humanity, effectively. Like, they, you know, it's... Oh, it's one of those. It turns into, yeah, one of those... Uh, like we come from a planet where we destroyed ourselves and we need to stop you from destroying the environment and then peacemaker still has to stop them even though they're well-intentioned because they're threatening his friends um so yes whatever i'm gonna Um, save humanity by killing humanity (laughs) yeah well it's like i'm gonna save the earth from all the uh human pollution and climate change and stuff yeah i Uh, i i get it um it's yeah it's one of those things where it's like okay so you have a progressive message but you're putting it in the mouths of the bad guys and that seems iffy except your main characters are also bad guys so i guess it's all just a morally gray mess and you're just gonna brush it all under the rug by saying, uh, family. It's all about family. <laughs> you know, so yes, we had to stop the guys who were trying to save us because they were threatening yeah, our it, family. It's all about family. It was a Fast and Furious movie all along. Yeah. Speaking of, I also watched, uh, Fast 9, and I forgot until you mentioned that that I'd watched it <laughs> because it was so boring. Yeah, I, I heard, uh, it was very it's, disappointing. Yeah, it's it's car chases and explosions, and is you know Vin Diesel's long lost brother John Cena comes back, and this, I don't know they go to space and they fly cars in space, but it's so boring. Uh, yeah, like they like it, it sounds like a recipe for excitement, but it's just I mean car chases don't excite me. Going to exotic locales where women are draped over cars like furniture, just I, I've seen this in every. Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, there's, there's always a point where the joke goes too far and it stops being funny. Um, mm. And I, I guess space is that, that point for uh, Fast and Furious. Again, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The space part was fun, but I guess just all the Earth stuff was dumb. And there was one really cringy part where, like, one of the characters. Like, it's like the villains talking about, you know, like, guy giving orders to a bunch of his henchmen to stop, you know, Vin Diesel and the family. Um, and I don't remember what he said. He said something that involved, like, the Millennium Falcon is, you know, like, he, I, I, maybe because of space. I don't know. He, he said the words Millennium Falcon. And then I looked up from whatever I was doing. like, what? What? Why? And then it went into, the, they had, like, I guess I think there's like multiple groups of villains. There's like John Cena's like anti-hero villains, and then there's like the villain villains. And so like one of John Cena's guys and the villain lady who's like locked up in a cell, were basically they're doing Star Wars metaphors back and forth at each other. The like the <laughs> the guy was like, uh, "Hey, we're the good guys. We're Luke Skywalker here," and she's like. Uh, no, you're you're the Empire. You're Darth Vader, and it's like, no, actually, I'm more of a Han Solo. I'm the roguish scoundrel type. It's like, no, I think you're more of a Yoda. It's like, why am I a Yoda? Well, because blah blah blah. And like, I get it, guy. You've That's... fucking seen the first 
two Star Wars movies that everybody <laughs> knows, and you're gonna make references to those like it's. That I don't. It was just. It was so dumb. That that sounds like they were trying to be Tarantino, but they they didn't have the. Like, yeah, like, like the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, some really Dogs. obscure thing. Like yeah. Tarant- yeah, Tarantino has knowledge of like. Yeah, like it, like in, in deeper stuff than Star Wars. Like in Reservoir Dogs, they talk about like a virgin by Madonna. Like they they don't they don't just keep saying Star Wars characters back back and forth. Yeah, like the the most mainstream thing you could pull as a reference. <laughs> Because I guess, it, yeah, it's a Fast and Furious movie. Your audience is probably dumb enough that you need to pander to them with a really easy mm-hmm. cultural reference. But also treat it like you're doing something obscure. Like, oh, yeah, that character. Oh, oh, you, that character. Yeah, like, do do, like, a, do a Dune reference. Like, at least the, the people who do know Dune would, would be like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and, like, do a one-off reference... And then stop. Don't go into a string of like comparing each other to Star or to like Dune characters. Or, or you know what would be even funnier is if you had a you had all of them doing the Star Wars references, and you mm. you had one that did a Dune reference, and he's like, everybody's like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. I I mean yeah, but also if this is the you know Fast and Furious audience, you probably just have to say like Captain Kirk or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, Star Trek. Wow, that's so obscure. I'm more of an Earthworm Jim kind of guy. (laughs) 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 Just out of of nowhere. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so Fast 9 was boring. Peacemaker's fun. Um, I mean, it, it is, you know, a lot like most James... Well, it, it, it's like other James Gunn things, although... Um, like it's kind of fun that like DC of uh, Warner Brothers, like let him go a little harder on stuff than Marvel will. You know, there's more violence and swearing and nudity in. Uh, I guess I think, yeah, I think Suicide Squad was an R, and um, and like, oh, yeah. Peacemaker's definitely like R-rated. They they had uh, they had a dick in it. Yeah, I mean. It was mostly bloody violence in Suicide Squad, but there's like yeah, full on nudity in Peacemaker. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, because it's not a, a, it's not a like theatrical. A, well, it's not like an a uh, character. It, oh, it's yeah. it's like a D list. Yeah, character. it's not Batman, so he's allowed to eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's no. He's allowed to suck dick. Yeah. E- yeah. Well, either yeah. one, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, both. Why not? Yeah, at the same time. Um, Very yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. So then I browsed around more HBO Max stuff. I watched um, the Scooby Doo, the first WWE crossover because <laughs> I guess there's two of them. You watched, and it wasn't as crazy as I hoped it would. You be. watched a lot of John Cena stuff. Are you okay? Uh, I mean, he, you know, he did fine in Peacemaker, and I couldn't tell that was actually him in the WWE one because he didn't sound like him, but the voice cast said it was. 
You're just doing a very bland voice, like his usual voice. Yeah, uh, uh, celebrity voices in Scooby-Doo things, like, historically (laughs) are not very Mm. um, good at all. It's like, oh, it's it's Scooby-Doo, I'm here for a check. (laughs) Or, like, my kids want to see me with Scooby-Doo, that's fine. Yeah, no, the craziest thing about the Scooby meets WWE thing was that it takes place in WWE City, which is owned by uh, Vince McMahon, and oh, no. that, um, yeah, like he, he's, you know, McMahon is in it, they just call, they call him Mr. McMahon every time, he's like the, you know, I guess mayor and owner of this entire city where everyone, everything seems to revolve around wrestling. WrestleMania is described as being like Christmas, and, you know, they, they, they don't want to cancel it even though it's under attack from... Uh, what was it? it was like a guy dressed up like a ghost bear or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> the most Scooby-Doo-ass shit. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, well, the, I don't remember which... I don't remember all these wrestler names. This is like one of them whose deal is that he's undead. And he, uh, like, Undertaker? Might be. Yeah, like he's the one who beats up the bear. Um, I'm, I'm assuming but, it's the Undertaker. I mean, I'm not huge on wrestling, but I did watch it for a little bit when I was younger, and Undertaker is the only like one with a, a gimmick that silly that survived from like the 90s um because they they don't really do crazy gimmicks like that anymore Uh, yeah so yeah i'm assuming it's the undertaker yeah and that's like all i remember about that one it's kind of a blur um because then i watched scooby-doo meets kiss yesterday i think which was a lot more fun. Yes. It's just in, it's psychedelic insanity. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Everyone should watch Scooby Doo Meets Kiss. Yeah. There's. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, just all these like crazy interdimensional space travel thing, like shooting lightning and fire. It, it, it's like a s- cosmic superhero movie. And then they're just like, oh, it was gas and you were hallucinating. But then, you know, they do the thing at the end where, you know, Kiss all use their magic powers to um, <laughs> grab the crystal and fly off into space to go return it. Yeah, I, um, I, also, they have a magical girl transformation yes, for the Kiss characters. It's amazing. I, I love this. It's like the the only good, well, it's not the only good Scooby-Doo, like, direct-to-video movie, but it's, mm. what, it's one of the only good ones. Um, it... I haven't seen nearly all of them because there's like 30, but of the ones I've seen, it's the one that goes the most all out with just every yeah. insane thing they can do. Yeah, like, like there's Zombie Island from like the early 2000s, which is just genuinely good. And then there's stuff yeah. like Kiss, which is just like over the top crazy shit happening and it's amazing. Yeah, like, if you're going to do a crossover property, have that much fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Let let Kiss have superpowers and use them and just barely explain why. Yeah, because, like, Kiss just does a lot of crazy shit in general. Um, like, they, they don't... They don't... 
they they're not like um harder metal bands where they're like really protective of their image so they just mm. do a lot of fun crazy shit um yeah. and i i think whoever was making this movie was like okay so in like the the late 70s could we do crossed over with like batman and abbott and costello so what if we do that with kiss and we just make it exactly as ridiculous as it sounds Mm. Um, yeah, and I yeah, and I appreciate you know, like they, the hell they out like of they it. leaned into the whole you know not taking themselves seriously. There's like a running gag of their like sales manager pitching just junk items branded as Kiss, <laughs> and then it'll like pop up on screen and say seventy dollars crossed out, uh, sixty dollars in three payments of twenty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah, and also there's a subplot about. Um, Fred getting cucked by Star Child. <laughs> <laughs> Which has like a payoff at the end where like he makes out with Daphne. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, makes out with Daphne right in front of him and he's like, I'm right here. Uh, the the fun part about that is that like um like the the movie was made in like 2013 or something like that um mm. and like they, these were both things that were popular in the 70s so yeah. like your your first instinct would be to would be to like okay this guy's like 70 and Daphne's like 18 or whatever but it's like oh, yeah, no cause she no, doesn't age no they're both 70 <laughs> yeah. yeah they're both immortals yeah um. they they're like ash they they will yeah. never age. They will never die. Um, long live the Kiss Army, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize it was actually like the, you know, the band members of Kiss performed the song "Don't Touch My Ascot," which is the <laughs> song that Fred plays to, uh, you know, it's like to show how lame Fred is. He's got this song, you know, like the CDK shows, like five guys all dressed like Fred wearing ascots, and they. <laughs> play a song it's like don't touch my ascot don't touch my ascot and it's the members of kiss singing that song <laughs> but singing it like you know like a 50s um like do what uh, when a, yeah yeah like that kind of band <laughs> and then during the credits they play the entire song so you get to you know hear all of it my i, I think my favorite part of the movie is when they're on the giant guitar um flying through a mm. Space dimension wor- wormhole, like yeah. fighting off the big Lovecraftian alien thing, and Kiss is singing "I Was Made for Loving You," which is a sex yeah. jam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, was 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 like Scooby in like a mech suit or something? I don't remember. Uh, it's been a little Probably. while since I've yeah, seen it. Yeah, is yeah a lot of aliens and robots. This this thing called the devourer that's inside a volcano so it's basically like xenu from scientology (laughs) and it breaks out when they get you know the magic gem there and it's like a jack kirby you know kind of modok looking character it's like a big head with this like robotech around it and these like laser arms coming out of it god it's like i haven't seen enough like kiss band covers to see if this is the kind of imagery they usually do like i just assume it is and that's why there's all this like crazy robot laser fire lightning space stuff. Well, the the fun thing about Kiss is that like if you if you had no idea who Kiss was and you just saw them 
like with the the black and white face paint and mm. the like metal spiky armor um you'd think that they were like a hardcore metal band but they mm. they actually just sing um like they they don't sing hardcore music at all <laughs> they're like i want to yeah, rock and yeah, roll they, all they night play their songs in there. yeah they're yeah, there's no you know growling or screaming or anything. Yeah, they're 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 like a jam band. They're they're not like like they they don't want to make you headbang. They want to make you dance. Yeah. Yeah, and they just want to dress like black and white clowns. Yeah. With metal stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Like I. I don't even like Kiss's music that much, but I, I I just love like how weird they're willing to get with their image. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So then the other thing I watched on HBO Max was Mob Psycho 100. Ooh. I don't know how many episodes there are. I've only seen like five. But I think there's you know, like, two seasons of thirteen, so about twenty. Okay. Twenty four to twenty six, something like that. Yeah, because like I knew I liked. One Punch Man, and I know it's the same guy who did this. Yeah, one, but um, one, yeah. you know, like, yeah, because I like I looked at it and thought, well, that doesn't seem like as funny as One Punch Man, but I mean, the humor is still there. It's just you know different. It's you know a setting where like everything's about psychic powers instead of superhero, you know, versus kaiju stuff. Yeah, I. I think on the whole, Mob Psycho is better than um, One Punch Man. Mm. I mean, th- there's more character depth to it. Like yeah. One Punch Man is fun because the <clears throat> character has no depth, and they play up, you know, the, like everyone thinks there's some deeper reason why he has all this power, and he really doesn't. He just doesn't care. <laughs> um, and like the joke is like, kind of cynical on like shown in anime and just how cliche it all is. Um, whereas Mob Psycho, from what I've seen, seems like it is, yeah, like that there is that like self awareness to it, but and, and you know, <clears throat> having like a main character who, because he represses his emotions so hard, is like non reactive to a lot of the crazy bullshit that happens around him, yeah, uh, until he becomes very reactive once he hits his limit, but. Yeah, I, I mean it's pretty fun. I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because you're only a few episodes in, and I hope you watch the rest of it. Mm. Um, but it it's it's very good. Like <clears throat> the the finale of season one is awesome, um, and I I I love the way the minor characters work. Um, like he like. Mob's only like goal in life is to impress this girl, um, mm. and at first he's like, "Hey, look at my psychic powers," and she was like, "Oh, that's awesome," but then later uh, she has no interest, so he joins the the body improvement club, which is like a workout club. Mm. Yeah, and that's where I'm up to. Like, he joined the body improvement club, and then the bullies came in, <clears throat> and the body guys they don't want to fight, but they'll defend. Yeah, you know, the weak. So they, you know, defensively beat the shit out of all these guys, <laughs> and then their leader comes in, and then Mob gets, like, pushed past his breaking point to defeat that guy. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm up to. 
I, I just love the Body Improvement Club in general because they're just very nice guys. Yeah, yeah. They just they like working out. And yeah. They like being muscular, and they don't want to be pushed around by assholes. Yeah, because the 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 whole joke um, with the uh, what was it? it was like the 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 psychic club was that mm. like their their whole goal is to um, like prove the existence of psychic abilities, and mm. then mob comes in and. <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh hey oh it's proven <laughs> yeah yeah like hey you're an actual psychic um do you want to join our club and he's like nah i want to get ripped <laughs> yeah yeah because he thinks because everyone tells him like well the psychic club's not cool so if you want to be cool you got to join one of the cool clubs because so. <laughs> like the, the whole point is that the psychic club doesn't actually do anything they're just an excuse mm. to like hang out and eat snacks after yeah. school, um, yeah, they're the lame nerd club. Yeah, and so that that's why the body improvement club is the the best the best club. Mm. <laughs> they're they they're the best boys in anime, like yeah. hands down. Um, also, Reagan is hilarious. Hmm. You you didn't get to the best part of Reagan, but you will. Yeah. Like yeah. It's like so far you probably just think he's a manipulative dipshit. But later you you'll find that he's a manipulative dipshit with like genuine um empathy and it, so, but yeah. Yeah, you'll yeah, find Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It took me cuz I was trying to remember who's Reagan. Oh yeah, it's the his mentor yeah. who actually has no psychic powers. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a fun character. He's just part of that, like, self-aware humor of, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's pretty fun so far. I love Mob I have Mob Psycho on uh, Blu-ray, and I've, I've never watched it. I've only streamed it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> But you gotta have that backup just in case yeah. it gets taken off. Yeah, like the 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 cover is like all like shiny and stuff. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I might pick up the blue right now that I know that I like it. Oh, and the 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 opening for Mob Psycho is awesome. Mm. Um, that's not important. Uh, <laughs> Mob Psycho One Hundred is awesome. Everybody, go watch it. Including you. Yep. Watch it. Watch it. Finish it. Yeah, I, I gotta find time to finish it. Um, oh, I I, so I also finished the anime. If you don't mind me jumping in. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I figured this this could be the because an- I also have more animes that I have watched. Oh uh, yeah, you did the the, the right, right stuff DVDs. You did the right stuff challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did it again, and at least it's not absolute dog shit this year. Cool. Even though. I just don't care enough to watch them all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got like volume two of Haikyuu or something like that. So I mean, yeah, you, you can jump in halfway through the story quickly because I have no real thoughts on these guys. I uh, got another volume of Demon Lord Dante. I remember kind of liking it last time, but I don't care enough to watch it this time. Same for Demon Prince Edna or Enma. Um, I got another volume of that. I, I don't care. Um, I got a movie, I guess it's like a mini-movie called X-Driver. Um, I tried watching it, but it's, I mean, it's like, 
it's a 2002 thing about race car drivers. It's like these three teenage race car drivers from Japan come to America and spend a lot of time commenting on how America is different from Japan, and also how they're all in this like weird horny, not really a love triangle. It's just like there's one girl who I guess is like it gave me a lot of vibes like Gurren Lagann. That there's like one girl who like dresses more provocatively who is just mad that nobody's paying attention to her and then there's the shy girl that everybody seems to be super into um and like they have that dynamic and i guess like the the boy kid he'd be like uh what's his face the guy with the drill um, uh, simon simone yeah yeah i mean it feels like that dynamic except it's not on like another planet or anything it's just three teenagers who drive cars and there's some kind of mob plot that was starting to kick in before i got so bored that i shut it off oh um and then i like the cover uh, you showed me yeah yeah i mean it looked cool um it's probably fine i just don't care (laughs) fair um and then yeah like i got volume two of haikyuu started watching it realized it didn't have a dub and stopped um because I don't want to read subs. It, it's probably fine. Um, Majestic Prince is like a Gundam kind of thing. Uh, you know, it's teenagers flying mechs around for the space military to do something. It, production values look pretty good. I just, again, got bored, didn't care. And, you know, I feel like when I first did this... Right stuff challenge. I had way more time on my hands and less stuff to do. Yeah. So I had more time to pay attention to this, and I just I, I don't care. Um, the the one I did watch all the way through, and by watch I mean I was mostly playing like Lego Star Wars while watching, quote unquote it. Um, uh, gotcha Man, the movie, because <laughs> I recognized the character. Yeah. From just cultural osmosis. But it it is an old school anime, so it, I mean it's it's boring. Like the animation style is, you know, the kind of stuff you don't really see anymore. Where it's like very detailed line arts and very little detail put into the animation. So it'll be like they drew all the faces and then the just the mouth flaps, and that's that's the whole animation. Yeah, um, uh, was that a or yeah. was that a Toei thing? Probably. Yeah, that that like Toei um, is famous for yeah. shit like that. It looks like a like seventies or early eighties anime. Yeah, very well could have been. Yeah, I I know, uh, I know Gachaman is really popular. But I really don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's just like a seventies, like kind of like a Super Sentai kind of thing. It's like a team of people in spandex and capes and like bird-shaped visor helmets. Yeah, I, I mean, and they fly the, robots and fight bad guys. A lot of like Japanese superhero stuff is very similar um in that regard yeah like i mean not not like american superheroes aren't very similar to each other (laughs) yeah it's like oh my parents are dead i got in a radioactive accident now i have powers 
but yeah i mean i should probably just watch the spider-man show that inspired all the sentais yeah um i i've i've only ever actually seen clips i think Mm. i i'm i might have like watched i don't know where i could watch it but yeah nowhere legally probably (laughs) Mm. um okay so you watched an anime oh yeah i finished the spider the spider one um so i'm a spider so what yeah that's what it's called um Mm. it fucking goes places (laughs) Like at at, okay. at at the beginning, it's basically just her, um, like in this in this dungeon, this labyrinth. Uh, like she's just going around, like, oh, I I I set up my webs and I killed a frog, um, and I leveled up, and life is horrible because everything tastes nasty because it's all it's all like poison monsters um, that she's just eating to survive. Uh, mm. and that at some point like humans come in and they burn all her webs um, and she has to run away she ends up falling like down a cliff um, into like the bottom level of the labyrinth so now instead of fighting like these uh, frog monsters now she there's like a dragon <laughs> who, j- who just sees her and is like, okay, this isn't a threat, um, and just walks away, and she's, like, freaking out because, like, holy shit, I could have died. <laughs> mm. Um, but, not, and then she just slowly gets stronger, and, like, it's, it's obvious that she's kind of losing her mind because she was, like, the, the whole conceit is that, like, she was an introvert in real life, like, she didn't talk to anybody. But now she's like alone in the spider body, um, and now she's uh, like killing monsters as the spider and leveling up and getting super powerful, even though she doesn't know how powerful she actually is. Because um, mm. this dungeon is like it—it's like the the most dangerous place in the world. Um, but now she's just a little spider monster going through it and wrecking everybody's shit. Um, like at at some point, she fights like an, a whole army of monkeys. <laughs> like she she kills a monkey and it lets out a death whale, and now there's like thousands of monkeys after her. Mm. Um, but she. She webs up the entire rock face of the cave and then drops it on them. <laughs> and she levels mm-hmm. up like 18 times. Um, and, uh, so would the web, does she shoot the webs out of her butt like yeah. a spider? Or, okay. Yeah. They didn't try to make it like shooting out of the mouth or something? No. like she, She's she's a spider. She's shaped like a spider. Um, she shoots web like a spider. Her eight arm... Well... Six of her eight arms move like spider legs, and the front two are like her more, you know, humanoid. Uh, like mm. they, they, they actually show her from a human perspective, and she's like a, a really scary spider creature. Mm. Um, but of course, from the her perspective and the viewer's perspective, she's like really cute, you know, like chibi mm. uh, spider, you know, like white and pink spider thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then all all along, 
um, there's there's this human plot which is a lot less fun and a lot less interesting which is like oh uh, the the other because the, the okay so like all the all the characters from the quote unquote real world are like from a Japanese classroom that just got blown up all of a sudden and all the people including the teacher were reincarnated uh in the new world um most of them are human like there's this one emo kid who got turned into a a vampire Uh, Mm. but like they they were they were actually born like they they didn't just like come in like as a full person and just show up Oh, okay. So, so they, so yeah. there was like a time skip after the explosion, and they all got here. Yeah. So, like you, you see the spider story, and like she hatches from an egg, and she immediately runs away from the spider nest because she doesn't want to get eaten by her mom. Um, mm. And then she starts fighting, uh, fighting all these monsters, and then occasionally it switches over to the the human story of uh you know like the the reincarnations of the other students um and and their teacher and they're all like oh the the teacher's an elf uh most of the students are humans like they were all born into like high places like you know princes and Hmm. stuff like that um, there's this one really boring guy who is like the the hero, you know, like the the classic like JRPG hero. Mm. Um, and there's another one who's like a bully who turned into uh, like the the main villain <laughs> of of the first season, basically. Who like tries to kill everybody because he wants to rule the world. Um. And it, it's it's all pretty basic, um, and like you, you, you could put together that there's a time skip, but like as far as you know, like this is all going on concurrently. Um, so do they show the classroom exploding then, or is that? Well, they 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 do like, but I mean, it's just like a regular Japanese classroom, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, they like there's just an explosion. You just got hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's not truck coon, it's explosion coon. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it probably exploded because the truck ran into the classroom yeah. and was full of explosives. <laughs> right. Truck coon strikes again. Uh, uh, but yeah, like she, the the spider is the the fun part and the interesting part. She just keeps getting more powerful. Eventually, she leaves the cave. Um, like she runs into the demon queen, um, who. Okay, th- th- this this part gets really weird. Um, so the the spider mother. Uh, has like a weird psychic link with uh, the main character. Um, I, like she's technically unnamed. I'm just gonna call her Kumoko because that's mm. what they call her in the the song. Anyway, um, so 
Kumoko like okay so as, as she levels up it's like a RPG world um, like one of the skills she learns is a parallel mind um, so she eventually just gets like multiple personalities in her head that like one one is for like dodging and body control another one is for magic um, well actually two of them to cast magic and there's another one to like process information um, mm. and because she has a psychic link with her spider mom uh, she like sends her her parallel minds to attack uh, the spider mom's mind uh, but the, the spider mom is like a a servant of the demon queen so the demon queen <laughs> picks up one of the personalities so now the demon queen is like half this like ruthless demon and half uh like a really silly uh spider girl <laughs> mm. it's it's weird but uh she she kills kumiko like twice i think but um kumiko leveled up so much and took so many like taboo skills that now she's immortal um and basically you find out that like over the over the time skip um that kumiko was one of her what like one of her demon generals um in the future that that is like declaring war in humanity mm. and it's implied that there's like some kind of uh, like world ending cataclysm that will happen if uh, the demons don't win but they don't really go into it so hopefully there's I'm a second save season that for season two yeah. yeah I'm sure there will be one I think it was very successful but I hope there is because it's a mm. it's a very it's a very cute show, but also it's very bloody. Because <laughs> uh, mm. I, I think I said this last time, like when they when they show her eating like a monster corpse, it's actually like very bloody and very wet, um, and not not at all pleasant. But also, when she's eating it in cute form or in yeah form? yeah like she she bites down to it in her cute form, but and like her her face gets all bloody. Uh, mm. like it, it doesn't shy away from like oh this is actually a horrible thing that she's only getting through because she's maintaining a like a like a, a, a possibly healthy uh, mindset of like I'm gonna get more powerful and I'm gonna mm. kill I'm gonna kill that dragon that um, didn't think I was worth killing before mm. and eat it and absorb its power yeah well actually she didn't need it she like the the dragon just like she there's an epic fight with the dragon and she almost dies like four times um and then at one point the dragon is like all right you got me and it's just like standing there waiting for her to finish it off and she gets really pissed because like she she fought so hard to survive and now the dragon's just giving up um so like she doesn't even eat it she just like obliterates it because it made her mad 
and yeah, it it's I don't know, it's a mixed bag because um, the the spider stuff is so fun, and the human stuff is kind of like average and boring. Um, but also, you need to watch it to get to the the interesting stuff at the climax. Oh, also, the there's 3D animation on the human fights <laughs> at the end, and it's terrible. It, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, like did, I don't. Did they like, so like all the characters rendered in 3D, or are they just like running around 3D environments? Or? Like so, w- when they fight, um, they turn into 3D models, and oh. But it, it, it's literally just like they're, they're standing there. Their legs don't move. They're just moving their arms and like swiping at it. It's, it's bad. Like, mm. like take you out of the moment bad. Yeah, so I assume they don't even do like the Spider-Verse thing of uh, you render it in 3D and then draw lines over it so it looks more like the 2D image in motion. No. No, like anime has a a bad history of using like three D models to save time. Like mm. like there's there's a lot of times where there's just like a random shot, and you see like terrible looking three D models like walking in the background, and okay. it's like so so that they wouldn't have to draw the frames of animation. They went to three D. Right, and to me, it's just like like put a put a still shot of people just standing there. Like it's fine. Hmm. You don't need to animate it. It's a. It it's. Yeah, yeah. Still shot with the sound effect, and you know what's happening. Yeah, like it, it's it's fine. <laughs> like you you can you can cut corners and still make it look good. You don't. Anyway, <laughs> that that's hmm. that's a pet peeve of mine. Um. But yeah, that's that's the spider show. It's very good. Uh, well, half of it is very good, half of it is very boring, um, and the the ending song just kicks ass. Uh, that's all. Mm. Watch it. Mm. It's I assume Crunchyroll. Yeah, it's on Crunchyroll. It might be on other things. I don't know. Mm. Um, let's see, yeah, because the other topics I had, let's see, there's been two more episodes of Moon Knight. It's still a really good show. Um, did the Moon Knight him yet? Like, like, did it it put the sword on his shoulder and be like, you are, um, like, Sir Moon of the Night? I, I don't know where I'm going with it. I'm no, tired. no, no, no. The <laughs> it, it, he works for the moon god, the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Yeah. Who controls the moon and uses it to create an eclipse at one point? Because um, yeah, Khonshu can mess with the night sky, but the other Egyptian gods who also show up via their avatars um, don't like the Khonshu's doing things in such a public way. They want to keep their presence secret so um yeah so egyptian gods do exist in the mcu now they're from another dimension called the other void i guess which hasn't really been fully explained they just dropped the name of it and left it there yeah so add Uh, add that to norse gods and whatever 
stuff the yeah, Eternals Nor- is about. Norse gods are aliens from another world who live for a really long time and can you know withstand a lot of injuries. Seems like um, Egyptian gods are from another dimension, and well, oh, and uh, Chinese demon dragon things uh, live in whatever it is that you know secret world through the the forest <laughs> that they went to and Shang-Chi was yeah. also souls exist yep uh, and can be eaten by demons yeah you ever wonder how like all these extremely different um, like sources of power would actually um, like would, would actually interact with each other even though like they're mm. rarely ever shown because like who's who's gonna take the who's gonna take like the dragon gods from shang chi and make them interact with the egyptian gods from moon knight yeah i mean that's one of the fun things about brandon sanderson's fantasy novels is that he's got a bunch of different fantasy worlds with their own magic systems but as those worlds are expanding they're starting to cross over um and so, like, down the road, we're going to see how the, like, metal-based powers from the Mistborn series interact with the, um, I don't even know how to describe the powers in Stormlight. I guess it, it, it's, like, light, but it's also energy, and you can, like, absorb it and convert it into other powers and stuff. And, and yeah, the, it, yeah, it's like he comes up with these different magic systems that seem like they work completely differently, but they still kind of work in the same framework of everything else and he's actually interested in seeing what happens if you mix them together um as opposed to marvel where i mean marvel the closest marvel's gotten is that the quantum realm exists and they use that to then explain time travel and possibly like the infinity stones and some like a lot of the even I guess I, the, I was watching a video where they're explaining how Doctor Strange's magic could be explained through quantum physics. So there, there might be like a you know quantum, at least like a pseudo scientific explanation for how some of these things connect. I mean, you- which I guess could be used to bullshit away that like, oh yeah, the Egyptian gods exist because they're some kind of quantum dimension entities or something yeah i mean you can bullshit away anything <laughs> if you try hard enough i i mostly just mean like like as we keep going like there's so many like uh like there's so many like godlike enter- entities um and in, in the mcu now and mm. it, it's it's like Okay, um, how much do we care about Birdie and the Cold Boy now? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, because they are on the ground level trying to build up the whole, like, Thunderbolts Dark Avengers thing with Hawkeye and Birdie and the Cold Boy and Black Widow and all, like, the espionage level things going on. But also, on a cosmic level, it doesn't matter at all because there's, like, Kang and the multiverse and the quantum realm and. Uatu the Watcher and um, you know demons and Egyptian gods and yeah it's so much bigger stuff yeah. happening than this 
whatever espionage plot is going on. Yeah, and and if um, evil Doctor Strange from What If exists, that means Marvel zombies literally do exist. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the What If series is canon to the MCU. Yeah. They just did it as animation because it's easier. They should do more animation because, like, that's more suitable for superheroes in general. Yeah, I think What If was them, like, dipping a toe in the waters of animation to see how people would receive that, and maybe they'll do more. Um, yeah, the, the thing is, if they just do animation, then they can't cross it over with their bigger properties. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like they, they're doing it kind of like Star Wars did with Clone Wars, where it's like they did a cartoon show, and then they'll take the popular characters from that and translate them into live action. Yeah. But also the events shown in the show are still considered canon right. to the story. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just wrapping my head around, like, the, the more this thing goes. Like, because, like, it, it started with, um, like, the U.S. being in Afghanistan and, like, just Tony Stark just being a weapons dealer, like, in the real world, right? Um, yeah. And then now we've got, like, four different sets of gods. We've got time police, uh, and it's just... Yeah, yeah, and they, like, because we still got Hawkeye as a show about a guy who, you know, become partially deaf from all the explosions he's run into over all these big events who's just trying to get home for Christmas and there's a gang that he has to deal with um, so he can get home for Christmas. Yes, so like, they are kind of bouncing back and forth between trying to tell these ground level stories and just, you know, I guess relying on people connecting with the human characters in it to make the stories still feel meaningful even though in the grand scale of everything that's going on in this universe it it's nothing it's just a small event yeah like i'm i'm not saying that the the smaller stories don't matter just that like it's it's really weird to like think about it and keep track of it all mm. um yeah and I, at this point i have aside from them trying to build to a thunderbolts thing which is probably if if it even becomes a movie, it's going to be a lot smaller than even the stuff they've done in the past. Um, I don't know where they're going in a broad sense. It seems like right now, after Endgame, they're just throwing out leads in every direction they can go. And they're waiting to see what people like the most. And then they'll start pushing the pieces together into that direction. Yeah. All right, give me a second. I need to let the dog in. Who let the dog in? Brent. 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 Okay. Um, the dog is in. Yes. The dog has entered the building. I finally seen the. Like, I had the box of good boys muted for a long time because it didn't seem applicable. Um, but I've started checking it because I wanted to see Eugene's new cats. Oh yeah, and now I've seen your dog too. Yeah, well, that, that's actually my uh, mom and dad's dog. Oh. Okay. She's uh, 
She's very cute. If you want a picture of my dog, I could send one. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. I'll do it later, though. My phone's charging right now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because the other topics I had on my list... Oh, aside from... I forgot. I watched two more uh, animated Batman movies this morning. I rewatched Hush. It still... Yeah, I don't know. They, they take some creative liberties with it, and it just doesn't feel like it works to me. Um, but then I watched Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is like a 70s martial arts movie starring Batman and. Um, God, this. Bronze Tiger, starring. who look he doesn't wear like a costume, he just looks like Luke Cage. He's wearing like a yellow tank top and has a big afro. Um, and there's, uh, Richard Dragon, who, I mean, he feels like <laughs> Dick Shang Dragon. Chi. Yeah, the guy's name is Dragon. Uh, Dick Dragon. He, yeah. Yeah, Dick yes. Dragon. Yeah, he's, uh, he feels like a Shang-Chi, I guess, like, they're both cut from the same idea of, like, 70s martial arts exploitation movie. Uh, yeah. same for, I guess, Luke Cage and Bronze Tiger are probably both, like, black exploitation characters. Um, yeah, I don't know much about Bronze Tiger, but um, and then uh, Sh- Lady Shiva is there, and she gets to, to do like a lot of cool. M- like the the martial arts in the movie, it's animated, but they actually did like a really good job with that. Um, and the plot cool. is just pretty nutty. It's like basically like, Yuan Ti are the villains. It's like a, a cult of people oh, who nice. dress in green robes and worship snakes and talk about snakes are ancient and amazing and. Do they have snitties? No, the the main cult members that we see are humans. They have a leader who has, like, snake-like eyes, but otherwise they're all humans who worship snakes and are trying to uh, awaken their ancient snake god. And and at one point we see in a flashback, like, uh, Bruce and... All the other main characters trained at this monastery where there was like a big gate that one of the students ends up going rogue and unlocking it and opening the door to the demon dimension where these three basically you want they're like nagas you know snake people with arms and they come out and they just eat yeah. them and they fight them off back into the door and their sensei master closes the door and seemingly dies but then at the end, he comes, you know, when the snake cult leader opens the door, the sensei guy comes back, and he's now possessed by the dark snake god, uh, and they have a big fight with him, um, and yeah, it was pretty cool. That the movie that ends like... with the four of them going into the demon dimension to fight <laughs> snakes, and the door closes behind them, and, and that's where it ends, so. That sounds like a, an Indiana Jones type ending. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a like a martial arts. There's a, like a a lot of Indiana Jones, a lot of like classic James Bond. There's like gadgets and espionage stuff going on. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah. So yeah. So I watched those. But my other topics I had, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home just came out on DVD Blu-ray. So I watched Yay. it again. Um, my thoughts haven't really changed i'm just 
a little disappointed that my thoughts haven't changed. I'm just growing to hate this version of Peter Parker more because he's... Uh, I mean, I don't know, people yeah. play it off like, oh, he's a teenager, that's why he's going to make mistakes, but he makes such big mistakes like, in this movie. It's like, b- bitch, you've been to space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's been to space, and he's got all these like, rich and important friends and stuff, and he just does the most boneheaded shit, um, and like breaks the fabric of reality in the process. Yeah, like like even even if you say like oh he's just a teenager he does stupid stuff like what's Doctor Strange's excuse? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange is also a problem because he, um, you know, Peter comes to him for help. It says he needs to you know fix this problem with his identity being public, and Strange is like, okay, I'll just erase everybody knowing that you're Peter Parker, and starts in on the spell before even explaining you know what the consequences of it are going to be. Which leads to Peter then, you know, stacking all these, um, you know, qualifications onto the spell, which breaks it. But, <laughs> I mean, one, it's stupid for Strange, because he um, should have, you know, explained what was going to happen before he just started doing it. And it's stupid for Peter, kind of in hindsight, in that... It would have been easy, you know, if, like, the first couple, you know, when he put, like, MJ and Ned's names into the list, like, that, you know, if he'd had to stick with that and tell Aunt May, oh, by the way, I'm Spider-Man, and tell Happy I'm Spider-Man, like, there's a very short list of people he would have to re-explain his identity to, um, who would still know him as Peter and also know that Spider-Man exists, so it would have been much easier to get everything back together after that version of the spell had completed than it, you know, I mean, by the end, yeah, he's erased all knowledge of him as a person from everyone on the planet. And and that's also, it still just bugs me. That like, is he, you know, he makes that decision. He goes and tells his friends, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And they both say, no, we don't want that to happen. We like being your friends. We like being connected to Spider-Man. Um, and he says, yeah, uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to come tell you. And you know, we'll catch you up and you know, let you know what's going on. And then after the spell goes through and he goes to visit them, he sees MJ's got a bandage on her head and thinks, oh, I'm just causing problems and hurting people. Uh, I'm not going to tell them even though they wanted me to tell them even though I said I would tell them. Um, so it's like he, just, he doesn't trust other people to be able to make decisions. Uh, you know, I don't know. This, this Peter's a douchebag. Um, yeah. Well, I, I... Like, he thinks he's I, being self-sacrificing get... and doing the right thing, but he's just an angsty loner now, I guess. Yeah, like, that. that's... That's the thing, like, like, yeah, Peter messing up and then having to fix it, at, like, at his own expense. Like, that's a tried-and-true formula, right? Yeah. It, but, like, changing the there, entire universe is w- just way too big yeah. of, of an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, the I can see the emotional resonance that they thought it would have, and I guess for most viewers who thought oh yeah this is the best spider-man movie ever uh, 100 out of 10 
um, that it's like the fourth or fifth best, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because a, a lot of what is good about it hinges on nostalgia and the cameos, and I'm, like there is some good like character writing in like the interactions between the villains. Yeah. I mean, it's fun that the villains show up and aren't all. I I guess they are kind of hostile at first quickly become not hostile so we get some fun of them just playing off of each other for a while before green goblin who really should have been dealt with uh earlier like they should have yeah. just, as soon as goblin went rogue he <laughs> should have told mj to push the damn button like what was he waiting yeah, like for? That, that was that was the entire fucking plan yeah is that like okay we're gonna fix them if anything goes wrong you hit the button yeah but then things go wrong for about 45 yeah, minutes. Things go wrong. Um, things go so wrong that a building explodes. And, and it's Aunt all May on. Dies. Yeah, and Aunt May dies, and it's all on news footage from Jameson. So even if, like, Peter's phone got broken and he couldn't call MJ, she can still see something has seriously gone wrong. But, like, her yeah. and Ned just sit there saying, well, Peter's going to tell us when to push the button, right? We should give him more time. Um, and, yeah, and. Aunt May dies, but Peter feels like that's okay because Aunt May says it's okay because Aunt May decided it's more important that they try to cure psychopaths like Green Goblin than it is to live, um, I guess. And so because of that, Peter feels like, well, this is a tragedy that's happened and I want to, you know, destroy Norman for it but also yeah. um it's yeah i don't know this is like the stupider version of we don't trade lives from captain america yeah <laughs> where it's like oh instead of it's like oh we're not gonna trade the lives of one of our own to try to save you know countless trillions mm. um but i get like that's at least a moral stand you can you, you can get behind uh this is yeah. like Oh, we're 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 not gonna we're gonna put all like everyone in New York in danger to try to save the lives of these five idiots <laughs> mm. <laughs> who want to kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, and he, like the whole thing about them like getting into a good school. Like, did Peter forget that he's still got personal connections with definitely Happy, probably Pepper. Um, I mean, I, I don't know this. Even yeah, he he's met Black Black Panther was there at the funeral. Like he knows yeah. the king of another country. Um, you know, even if they who, can't get into has MIT, a presence in New York. Yeah, even if they can't get what? into MIT, they could all get together into a good school. He's got connections he could pull on. Like we f- we found out at the end of Black Panther that like Wakanda is like creating a presence in New York. Yeah, they're doing like, global outreach. Yeah. Uh, it it and i guess yeah we're, we're supposed to just know. pass it off as because peter's a dumb teenager who spent some time around a wizard he decided <laughs> that uh casting a big spell to make everyone forget who he is is the way to fix how everything went wrong um you know with mysterio only for People... everything else to go even more like it it, it almost feels like a running gag at this point that Peter's life is going to get worse at the end. You know, him having his identity revealed <laughs> at the end of Far From Home was already 
a big event that wrecked his life and now he's been forgotten by the entire universe or i guess the universe definitely the planet um which is an even bigger I, life that, or a bigger mess that wrecks his life even more yeah out of every movie that spider every mcu movie that spider-man's been in i think homecoming is the only one where his life was ab- about even yeah from where it started instead of like demonstrably worse yeah <laughs> yeah and i, I yeah, can't get even over like that. yeah infinity war he dies and then Endgame, his mentor like dies his mentor dies yeah <laughs> uh in, in in civil war he's uh like i i guess he's not well he gets beat up so i mean i guess that's kind of worse but yeah and then like you know tony stark dying was kind of his uncle ben moment because you know he had to like deal with that through far from home um he has two uncle Ben's and then yeah and then aunt may dies and she gets the line about the responsibility thing which was cool but also she dies and then the other two spider-men are like yeah we had moments like that too and that you defined us as who we are um and I guess it is very Spider-Man to have people who yeah. are important to you die. Uh, but yeah, but you know the the whole the whole thing with Aunt May is that that didn't define who Peter was mm. because he still tried to murder Green Goblin. Mm. So, like, that feels bad to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. That that wasn't him being responsible. Like, if if he wanted to murder them, press the fucking button. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess just because yeah, he went in with the other Spider-Men, and they fixed the first four, and then Green Goblin comes in with his bombs everywhere, and that seems like that's when Peter flipped and decided he's not going to try to save him. He's just going to try to kill him. Yeah. And like nothing about this Peter that we've seen so far tells me that he's a fucking murderer Mm. um i i don't know yeah i mean i I think it'd definitely be second degree murder doesn't (laughs) seem like it was premeditated maybe a little premeditated but (laughs) i'd say that i'd say that's premeditated Uh, i mean he thought i don't think he thought he was gonna gonna do it yeah i mean he wanted to i don't think he you know had planned out how he was gonna do it you just it, saw the okay. glider there and it's like, oh. This I is will perfect. say, it would it would have been funny if he killed Goblin with the glider again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send a note to his butler to say he was killed with his own glider. <laughs> There's a little Harry Osborne running around. <laughs> like his, his butler's like, I cleaned his wounds. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, because. Harry did know that Peter was Spider-Man, so Harry should have been in this universe too. Yeah. So Harry so comes in and sees there, Toby Peter, and it's like, no, I didn't do it. He did it. It was another. There's Spider-Man. an entire subway train full of people that should have come in. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they didn't know the name Peter. They just knew the face of the guy under the yeah. mask. That still makes it weird about Venom, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The Venom thing is. Unexplained, barely, poorly explained. Um, yeah, it's not 
it's not important. Like the, I I feel like I, I don't want to rewatch the movie mm. because I I feel like like really enjoying it that one time in the theater is the most I'm ever going to enjoy it, and I don't want to watch it again because I would just see more of the holes. Yeah, no, the, the plot holes definitely showed up a lot more on second viewing. But also, I came in from a perspective of liking the movie, but not liking the ending. Yeah, I mean the the, the movie's very fun. Mm. I just uh, like I it doesn't my my it it it's it's a better feeling movie than it is a thinking movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that that's that's where I'm gonna keep it. I'm I'm gonna continue liking it mm. a lot. Yeah. Um, Encased in amber. <laughs> Imagine making a, a spider dinosaur. Mm. That sounds. Well, I mean, I guess Sauron does want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> um. But yeah, aside it always comes back to that. Yeah, aside from that, the other after uh, last episode, I got a hundred percent on Kirby, and then Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga came out, and that's like the only thing I've played for the last two weeks, aside from you know checking in on Animal Crossing. Cool. Um, the story mode to it only took like two days to do. Um, it's all nine movies, there's five levels for each movie, plus, you know, some of those, like, bridging segments where you go through an open world path until you get to the start of the next story mission. Um, but afterward, there's, god, I don't, I think, at least 19 planets? Um, it's like all the planets from the movies... And some of them have multiple locations within them that you can go to, and each one is its own enclosed open world area um, with the usual like puzzles and bricks and things to get. But at least this time, it, like the gold bricks are usually just feel like busy work because it's like you get them and it doesn't unlock anything that you can use. Um, but in this game, they are kyber bricks, so they're like glowing blue bricks. And you can use them to get upgrades to... Um, th- there's like a skill tree of general abilities you can get upgraded. And then there's class-based ones, because they divided all the characters up into different classes. Um, so the, the blue bricks don't feel quite as useless. You can you know, get some upgrades with them. A lot of them are either it's just like it's sitting around in a hard to reach place and you get there and you grab it or you do a quick puzzle and then you get it. Um, cool. <clears throat> and then there's 380 characters. I don't know if that includes the different costumes for the characters. I think it doesn't. So there's over 400 characters um, to unlock. That many Star Wars characters exist. <laughs> oh, way more than that. They didn't even yeah, do I, any expanded universe stuff. Yeah, this is just characters from. I get. Well, I say they didn't do any expanded. Uh, they did some of the newer canon expanded universe. Not a whole lot. 
it's mostly just movie characters, but like Mama the Hut from Clone Wars is in there for some reason. <laughs> she shows up on Canto Bite and you can do a side quest to get her. Um and Mr. Bones, who is a uh, battle droid with like skeleton parts attached to him, who's from like one of the books, I think. He's in there for some reason as an unlockable character. I, like I, I know that they probably just inc- included like every single background character um, in every movie, but like Most I can't, I can't think of four hundred Star Wars characters. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, all the rebels who look mostly the same, they're just guys in orange flight suits. Um, you got Wilro Hood, the guy who was running with the ice cream maker. Um, he's unlockable. Nice. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, and then when you go into free play mode, they let... You can go into, like, picking your character thing. And you can pick one character of each type and just have it set to those. So, you know, you instead of having to open up the full character selection anytime you need a character, you can just um, hit, like, the left and right buttons on the D-pad, and it pops up with, like, a quick access menu of the characters that you've picked out. So, so I've got one of each. i got my favorites for every class. Um... I can just swap it. Who? 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 Let's see. My main one, I mean, because it seems like whichever ones you used last tend to be the ones that pop up as, like, your default character, although I've also got them set as the ones in the bar. So I've got Bikini Leia as my hero character, and Darth Vader is my Sith character. And then... um, Regular R2 and 3PO as the astromech and protocol droid. Um, General Grievous as the villain character. Even though he has lightsabers, he's still put in the villain class instead of the Sith class because he doesn't have force powers. Um, Right. And villain class, the main thing they have, there's certain terminals they can use and they can throw grenades to blow up silver things. Um, And hero characters like Leia have... um, they can do grapple when there's like a bar that you can shoot your grappling hook at and they have certain terminals For luck. they can do yeah also they revamp the whole combat system like blaster characters you can do like third person aiming um and lightsaber characters uh this like any of the big lightsaber fights have uh like a system of like blocking and attacking that you have to do to beat them and like some quick time events um in any character really who is doing like a melee attack you can do light attack strong attack and jump attack and you can mix those up to get different combos um but let's see what other ones um we've got zori bliss as my scoundrel character because even though rise of skywalker was a bad movie she has a cool costume um (laughs) scoundrels main gimmick is that there are certain areas where a thing can be blown up by blowing up a different thing so you like point your gun at it and then you see the character like move the gun to follow the trail of like okay i gotta shoot this thing and that will blow up this thing which blows up this thing 
Um, let's see, what's what's the other Jedi character? I've got Ala Sakura. Um, is there another one? Oh, Scavenger. Um, yeah, I've got currently Ray as my scavenger um, because oh all the others. I mean, like Ray is fine. It's Force Awakens Ray at least, um, but yeah, the other scavengers I have are all either Ewoks or Tusken Raider or uh, Jawa. Yeah, I haven't gotten Jawa yet. When I get Jawa, I'll probably set that to be my scavenger. Um, the I oh what's Queel from Mandalorian because they've oh, yeah. done two DLC packs so far. There's Mandalorian one. And there's the Solo movie one. And then there's going to be one for the Rogue One movie. And Bad Batch, Mandalorian Season 2. And then just some more troopers. It's kind of lackluster. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. Lots of stuff. Oh, scav the main thing scavengers can do, they can... Um, build different types of equipment for puzzle solving. There's like a net gun that can create cargo nets that you can climb up in certain spots. And a glider that you can you know, fly a short distance with. And a uh, heavy gun that can be used to knock down broken walls. This, this sounds like a game I would have loved when I had time to play games. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it there's a lot of stuff to do, but it's not, you know, very intensive, so you can kind of just chip away at it for a long time. Yeah. I haven't really had time to do anything hmm. <laughs> lately, so... Yeah, now that Elden Ring then, is like, finished. Yeah, like, y yesterday was, like, my only like my only day in like the past two weeks where I didn't have anything to do mm. and then I, I slept all day because I was medicated because my neck hurts mm. um so yeah um oh yeah I did finish Elden Ring yep um like I, I said most of what what I wanted to say about it last time because I was I was almost done when I said all that. Mm. Um, like I I think after I said that all I did was like I I fought like six or seven of the end game bosses and uh, finished it and it my my opinions about the same like the open world is really great to explore to see all all the interesting things like like one of my favorite things about the open world is like you get there and there's all these there's all these ruins just lying around everywhere and they all look very similar and you, you think like okay all this stuff doesn't look like it was built like it doesn't it doesn't look like these were buildings that fell over and then eventually you get to the end of the game and like you're in you're in this big flying uh like floating city and the architecture is th the same and you're like oh that's actually pretty cool um like this place must have exploded and that's where all the ruins that litter the world came from 
Okay, so there um, was only one city originally. There, there might have been another one, um, like another flying city, but that's the only one you can go to. Mm. Um, and like, there's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that, though. Like, I, my, my, my favorite place that I got to, and and was just like. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. Is the deep root depths. Because you, you, you go through like three different underground areas to get to it. And then you fight you fight a double boss. And then you get in a coffin. Mm. <laughs> because your character just knows some of this shit, apparently. Like, you, you get in a coffin and you're teleported. And you just arrive in the deep root depths. And you're underneath the earth tree. It's just like a big underground cave. There's roots everywhere. There's giant ants. Um, and I got there. I was like, this is... I fucking love this game. And then I started getting to the end game bosses and areas. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rush to the end. Um... Because, like, a lot of the in-game bosses aren't fun. Um, yeah, they're just the like cheap I, shots. Yeah, I talked about Melania last time. Yeah. Um, where it's like, okay, she has a lot of, like, regular Souls boss attacks where, you know, you get hit, you lose a lot of health. Um, like, you, you get to a safe point and heal. But also she has like several moves that will just absolutely kill you in one hit. Like every time, no matter how high your health is. Um, and that's not cool. Mm. And it's not really fun. And it's it's only balanced by the fact that you can summon in um, NPCs to help you. Mm. Like if if I was gonna do that fight solo solo, I think I would just skip it mm. because if if I had to do it solo, it just wouldn't be fun. I feel like like even even if I eventually won after like twenty hours, I would be like, I just fucking wasted my time on this. Mm. Um, so whereas you wouldn't feel other, like you had you know not cheated yourself or cheated the game. <laughs> No, I would feel like the game cheated me after valuable time of my life. Because, mm. like, it, I, I, I feel like in, in the other, like, Souls-like games, you know, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, it's like, they expect you to go in by yourself mm. um, and, you know, fight these bosses and have a hard time but eventually win. Um, whereas I, I think with Elden Ring, oh, it, it's they, balanced around they, the idea that you're going to have allies. Yeah, like they they expected you to summon um, allies, hmm. and if you don't, you're at a disadvantage. Okay, so they put the mechanic which, in there and then figured, well, that means we need to scale things up because otherwise it'll be too easy. I I feel like that's what happened, but also. There's a weird, there's a weird thing where like, okay, for ninety percent of these bosses, if I summon, I'm just gonna wreck them. Mm. 
because like the 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 way the way the Souls games work is uh, like when 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 you get into a boss, like you're you're basically like locked in a duel. Mm. Um, it's like so you learn the attacks, you dodge the attacks, and when usually at the end of a big attack, they'll leave an opening for you to exploit. Mm. Um, but when it's two versus one, well now there's always an opening for one person um so it's basically just like a a game of volleyball where it's like okay uh person one attacks the the boss aggro's on them then person two can attack and then the boss will aggro on them and then person one attacks again like that that's the things that most of the games weren't really balanced for two people mm. and that's that's why it was that's why a lot of people have said before that, like, yeah, Dark Souls doesn't really have an easy mode, but it kind of does because you can summon, and like, as long as you're a decent player, they will kind of trivialize the bosses somewhat. Mm. Um, but like in Elden Ring, they expect you to summon. So, um, but ninety percent of the bosses uh, just become trivialized if you do summon mm. and like the other 10% um, like if you don't summon they're like nearly impossible unless you play perfectly mm. um, and even if you do summon like they're balanced where okay they have all these moves where they'll just kill you in one hit now <laughs> or they'll have a lot of area effect moves where you can't really dodge perfectly Mm. and not get hit um so but if you have an ally there you can push them in the way of that attack (laughs) yeah kind of um i don't know it feels very weird balance wise for a souls game Mm. which which, i mean it 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 is a souls game Mm. like bloodborne is a souls game Yeah. yeah like Bloodborne is a Souls game. Sekiro is kind of a Souls game, but not really. Because um, it's kind of complete. Anyway, mm. not important. Um, yeah, like compared to other Souls games, El- Elden Ring feels weirdly unbalanced. But also, the, I, I feel like it, it's the most rewarding as far as like exploration mm. goes. So I'm kind of mixed on it. Like I still really, I still really like it, but like it's not better than Bloodborne or anything. Mm. But yeah. Is there a boss that is a giant spider that is secretly a cute girl? Um no. There. I actually don't think that there are any spider bosses. Hmm. There are severed hands that have like 13 fingers okay that um crawl like spiders mm. but i don't think that there's a spider boss there there is a giant hydra and one of the heads has like a guy's face on it okay um yeah to my that's weird mm. There, there is, there is a sexy spider boss in the Dark Souls. 
Um, she has tits and everything, but they're covered by hair. Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of expect big spider bosses to show up in fantasy games. Yeah. They're... What, what I like one of the in-game bosses I did like was the fire giant, um, where f- for some reason they don't let you get on your horse, which kind of sucks. But like he's just like a a literal giant, and you have to beat his toes. Um, and like when you when you get him to have health, uh, he rips off his leg, <laughs> uh, and starts beating you with it, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is metal as shit. Um, but yeah, no, no arachnophobia in this one, unless you, you count the severed hands, which... Yeah, that's a different phobia. Yeah. Handophobia. Yeah. Fear of dismemberment. (laughs) Well, like the, 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 like, fingers are like a whole theme in the game so I I guess the severed hands with way too many fingers is a a thing I don't I don't understand the lore yet but I'm sure I will Mm. are the fingers trying butthole (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you want to know like what the the fingers actually are Uh, they're they're like they're well, I'll, I'll I mean, tell is you it anyway. like pieces of a giant or something? <laughs> no, like there, 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 there are actual like partial hands with fingers, and they're like envoys of 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 a space god. Okay. Who's like trying to influence um, the world for reasons I'm not entirely sure of, but okay, so it's Cthulhu fingers. Yeah, kinda. Like, like the 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 two fingers are like yay Erd tree, mm. um, okay, and then okay. there's the three two fingers. Two fingers doing a peace sign. Yeah, and I mean they kind of have to, right? Yeah, yeah. There's only so many things you can do with two fingers. Um, and then <laughs> oh well. Well, okay. So are the three fingers doing the shocker, or are they doing uh, the yes. W from uh, Hunger Games? Um. They're, it depends if it's two and one it, or if it's three separate. It's it's the thumb and the the it's the thumb and the two adjacent fingers. Okay, so kind of a two finger pistol. Yeah, yeah, that that's right. Okay. Um, which I, I guess I, could also do a I, shocker. Now that I look at it. Yeah. But I mean the the thumb anyway. Not getting into that one. <laughs> but yeah, Elden Ring good. Elden Ring not perfect. Mm. Um, I think you have to go soon, right? Uh, well, because the shop is closed, the plan has changed, and I have an extra hour now. Okay. But we are getting close to two hours on the record. Yeah, you have. Any any of your other big lists that you desperately want to talk about? Uh, no, we we got to everything that was on that list. Only other thing I've done this week is built four more magic decks. Because that's that, that's why I don't have time to watch all this damn anime. I'm building magic decks. <laughs> I built a. Were you colorless... gathering the cards? I already had them. 
but I guess I gathered them from my supply that I already had. Um, yeah. yeah, I built my first colorless commander deck, um, which is probably, color-wise, it's the hardest to do, because colorless cards can go in any color. But if you build using a commander who has no color, you can only put colorless cards in. So, yeah, so it's a pretty limited amount, pretty limited pool to pull from. But, uh, like, Emrakul was one of the first big cards that I got, and I'd been wanting to build an Emrakul deck, and I just wasn't up to the task of building a colorless deck. And then it hit me that Emrakul is a 13-13 flying, uh, and in commander, if you deal 21 combat damage with a single commander, you kill the person you dealt the damage to. And that's cumulative. So... It's a 13 flyer, that means it's evasive enough to hit, and also it's going to do more than half the amount of damage I needed to do on its own. So I decided to build a Voltron deck, which is the name for a deck where the idea is to stack everything onto one card and make it super powerful, and use that to do the fighting. So it's Emrakul and a lot of like equipment cards, there's a lot of like the Swords of cards, which are really powerful. And hmm. uh, some uh, I've got like an equipment that gives it double strikes, so that would be 26 commander damage in the air. If they don't have a flying blocker, uh, I just kill that person. Um, the downside is that Emrakul costs 13 mana, which is a lot. So a lot of the deck is whatever I can get to um, just you know get extra mana, try to ramp it out faster. Um, especially because it's probably going to get killed once I get it out. Although it does have protection from instance, so that'll reduce the amount of things people can do to kill it. I think they'd have to do like a full board wipe to get rid of it, because most kill spells are instance. Um, so, yeah, so I built that, and then uh, last week nobody really showed up to play, so I started going through the stuff they had for sale there and remembered I wanted to build a curse deck so I built a blue black red curse deck using there's a type of cards called enchantment or a curse and they uh, enchant a player with a negative effect um, and there's a card from a couple sets ago that is all about curses it's one where like if any of your curses get does it say fuck no no, I mean, I, I, I guess I could always name my curses curse words, but uh, Lind Cheerful Tormentor is the card, and her thing is that if one of your curses goes to the graveyard, it comes back attached to you, and then on your upkeep before, usually, you know, before the trigger of its ability can happen, you can uh, reattach the enchantment to a different player. And then you get to draw cards for that. Hmm. So some of the curses I will curse myself and then wait a turn and give it away. Others I'll just play nice. it straight on someone else. And if it gets destroyed, I have insurance to get it back. Unless someone destroys the commander and then the curses will just either stay in the grave or be attached to me. Um, so there's, there's risk in it. It's not a high power deck. But I tried it out, and it's not as oppressive as I worried it might be. So, it's uh, seems like it'll be fun. Find out. So, so if you okay. if you do name a card, fuck, yeah. um, then you can actually go fuck yourself. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the curse most deserving to be called fuck isn't in the deck because it's white. And I don't, that's not one of the colors of my commander. Because there's, there's a curse called Overwhelming Splendor. It costs 8 mana. And you enchant a player, and I think what it does, you strip their creatures of all abilities. The creatures are all zero ones, and I think like they can't deal damage. It, it basically, you like flatten out all their creatures, and they just are stuck there until they can get rid of this curse. Oh, like most of the other that curses are stuff like if you deal damage to this player, they take twice as much damage, or um, the beginning of this player's turn, they mill the top card of their deck. Or, you know, it'd be like minor inconvenience, annoying things. Um, but the, there are some more powerful ones like that one. Um, yeah, so I built that one, and then a few weeks back I built a Mortal Kombat deck, and it finally arrived. So I've got that one to try out now. Uh, we'll see if it works. Like I, A lot of it is just like generically good stuff in the colors themed around the ideas of destroying things and damaging things um when, when you play it are you gonna scream mortal Kombat? if i was good at screaming i might but um i'm not that outgoing okay just get get the recording and put it on your phone oh yeah i have the song on my phone i could just bring it let me whenever you start mortal Kombat. yeah yeah, and then and then stop it and then play. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll see if I can find that on my phone right now. Um, yeah, because I got that one, and then I built. There's another format called Oathbreaker. It's like Commander, but you have um, sixty cards. Uh, your commander is a planeswalker, and they have a card called a signature spell, which is a thing that you can play while they're out. It's an instant sorcery and you have 20 life so it, it's it's like a s smaller commander with planeswalkers instead of um the usual so i built one deck around um the uh um this character named johnny he's like a, a lion person but um i know that person yeah but i had found a while ago uh -oh. I, a proc I know of that person. Yeah, I found a proxy someone made of a Johnny as the White Ranger from Power Rangers. And it nice. looked super cool, so I decided I'm just going to throw together a deck. And I didn't really know where to start, so I grabbed all the white cards from the new Kamigawa Japan-inspired set and sorted out a deck from that. And so I have a deck of that. Awesome. Are you going to kick Ivan Ooze in the crotch? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, if somebody's <laughs> playing Ivan Ooze, I guess. We're not going to get copyright <laughs> struck for this. Nobody copyright no, checks anything nobody on cares. Bobby. I don't... Podbean probably doesn't have an auto-enforcement uh, uh, program. Nah, I'd, I'd assume not. They haven't complained about... You know, when Dark Kent did the song from Moana in the credits of one of the past episodes. <laughs> the one that YouTube <laughs> did flag me for. Oh, well. Okay, that's enough. You can go buy the Just... song like I did. <laughs> you want to listen to it? Anybody else listen to this, I guess. 
I heard some of that. Yeah, I know Discord has its filters to get rid of things that it thinks are, you know, like any background music or... I don't even know how it works, how it can detect that a sound is coming from someone's voice and not from a TV. There's got to be, like, some kind of, uh, like... There's got to be some kind of way that artificial noises are... uh, yeah, some, something up. with the quality of the sound it can tell that it's not being produced yeah. in the room. I, I, get, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea how that would work, but it probably does. Mm. Yeah, well, we're up to two hours. Uh, did you have anything else? Um, I don't have a D's Nuts joke prepared. Okay, so... so. We might have to break that combo. Yeah, I guess we're taking submissions for new uh, these nuts jokes. If anybody has one that they want us to use on air, uh, just okay, write it on the y- back of only, the $20 you- bill and send it to Jade at... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the... That reminds me of uh, uh, one of the episodes of Gabe Grumps where at one point Dan was like, oh, and if you have any problems with the way we're playing Dark Souls or, or whatever, he's like, write it on a note card and shove it up your ass. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole, like writing it on the back of a $20 bill is a gag from Car Talk. You know, they just... I know... <laughs> <laughs> when they tell people That's to send in the though. answers to their puzzler questions, like, okay, so write it on the back of a 20... Uh, originally, they said $20 bill. I think it eventually changed to being, like, a $22 bill. How about $22 bills? Oh, yeah. You write each word across uh, 22 separate dollar bills. <laughs> I'm not picky. The bills will not be returned. Full disclosure. Do we need to get $2 bills? Um, do we? They exist. Yeah, um, I don't I, have any. I used to have one. I don't know if I still do. I have a bunch of silver dollars. Mm. I think I have a sack of Joya are, dollar somewhere. I have a lot of uh, 50 cent coins, too, from like the 70s. Mm. I have a Russian ruble this, that was mistaken for a dime that showed up in my change once. Well, it's worth less than a dime now. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> What it was, you know, it, it's like when you get like Canadian pennies, and they're technically not worth as much as an American penny, but everybody treats them the same because it's a penny-shaped I still, coin. I still have, I still have pesos from when I went to Mexico when I was like ten. Mm. I don't know how much those are worth, but I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna spend them ever. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess because I'm in Maine, you know, Canadian coinage shows up. Fairly often. Yeah. Fucking fucking Canadians. Coming in and taking our jobs. (laughs) 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 Okay, if anyone Canadian is listening, I'm sorry. Sorry, Dan. If Dan listens. Yeah. Or Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. (laughs) Ever dips in. Someone tell Johnny to listen to this episode just for this moment. Uh, Where? Because we, we never we never really mention mm. <laughs> anybody from 
I, I think <laughs> he would just funky be sad. Podcast. Yeah. You just remember the good days when uh, it was the original crew. It'd be sad. I like Happy Johnny. Mm. Well, I like Happy Me too, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I left that eighteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you went off to study the blade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's where it stops. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>